Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. If you want to hear more than just this highlight from the program, become a Coast Insider, and you can listen to the full episode plus recent shows covering the mysterious death of Kurt Cobain, the possibility that government may soon reveal the truth about UFOs, and the power of witchcraft as told by an actual practicing witch. Start listening now by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Welcome back to Coast to Coast. Seth Shostak back with us, senior astronomer at SETI, search for extraterrestrial intelligence. No need to give him a full bio because you know, Seth, he's a regular contributor here on Coast to Coast. Mr. Shostak, good to have you back. It's good to be here, George. What's going on with the SETI these days? You've been having conferences, meetings. What's happening? Yeah, well, of course, we are continuing to do a long-term project, which is to look at the dim bulb stars in the sky, 20,000 of them. They're called red dwarfs. Anybody who's taken Astronomy 101 will know about red dwarfs. Most stars are little guys. Uh, and there's good reason to look at them because they have a lot of planets that look like they might be habitable, so, so we think. But the other thing that's really been somewhat interesting in the past couple of weeks uh, roughly two weeks ago, we had a conference. People came from around the world, actually. Oh, that's great. Yeah, there were about, well, <laughs> yes, I hope they liked the food. Uh, there were uh, roughly 40 of them, and uh, they were presenting one talk after another about new thoughts when it comes to looking for E.T. So that was most definitely very interesting. It, is the thought, Seth, that there are E.T.s out there? Do well, you think the majority believes that now? Oh, yeah. No, I think that the majority of the public has certainly believed, uh, believed that for a very long time. I mean, you can look at, you know, you can look at polls taken, well, certainly back to the 1990s. I think it was much earlier than that, in fact. And typically 50 to 80 percent of the public says yes to the question, do you think there's intelligence out there or other life out there? Other life doesn't have to be intelligent. And so the percentages go up a little bit more. But, yeah, that's, that's not so much the issue. Maybe you're asking, do scientists believe that? You know, I don't know of any polls that have, you know, asked scientists that, but if you, if you just go down the street and grab the next 10 scientists you see, if it's somehow obvious by their hairdos or something that they're scientists, I, I think that 80% of them would say yes, too. Seth, let me ask you this. I mean, the, the folks at SETI, yourself included, believe that there's extraterrestrial life out there, or you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. You wouldn't be listening for it. How come you don't believe that, that they possibly came here? Well, you know, it's not impossible for them to come here. I'll be the first to admit that. But the chances that they've come within, shall we say, historic times, just say the last 10 or 15,000 years, right? The Earth has been here for four and a half billion years. There's been life on the Earth for probably four billion, certainly three and a half, right? So, you know, 10,000 years as a part of four billion years is a very, very tiny fraction of that time. So if they're just coming here, you know, on a random basis, the chances that you'll be visited while you're around to notice it are very, very small. Now, you know, maybe they did come, maybe they, you know, took a look at Rome and decided they didn't like the, uh, the fish oil or whatever it was they were serving for dinner and left. That could be, but the Romans didn't write it down. And there's no mm-hmm. evidence. When you go into Rome, you don't, you know, dig up some, some ruins. You don't find Klingon cell phones or anything like that. That would be pretty convincing. But Short of that, it's pretty hard to tell. Maybe they visited the dinosaurs, but, you know, the dinosaurs didn't, didn't write it up. Seth, every time a planet has been discovered uh, by either the Kepler Space Telescope or some other means, do you folks at SETI kind of 
aim the array of telescopes, listening devices that way, just in case? Well, we used to, George. You know, when Kepler first got underway a couple of years ago now, uh, and, you know, started finding planets around other stars, of course, we we swung our array of antennas in the direction of these star systems, hoping to pick up a signal. But eventually, (laughs) it was like hearing the same jokes over and over again. You know, you got a little bit... uh, it got a little bit tedious because there were more and more planets. And at that point, we noticed something very interesting, or I should say the astronomical community noticed something interesting, and that was, well, most stars have planets. You know, they the, do, the actual yeah. percentage might be 70%, 80%, 90%, but it's the majority. So, you know, you could just swing the antennas at any reasonable star and might as well pick nearby ones because signals would be stronger. And with a very high probability, it will have planets. So we stopped concentrating on the individuals, as it were, and went with a crowd. Fifteen years ago, you and I were talking on this program, and we talked about how the primordial soup in the universe is the same, that you're going to have the complexity of what you have on Earth, you're going to probably have it on other planetary systems, and then if they're you know, in that Goldilocks zone with their star, Uh, You may have uh, the right temperatures. You may have the right complexity of water, oxygen, and atmosphere. Uh, It's just a matter of time before we find more and more of those planets, isn't it? Well, you know, again, on the basis of studies mostly by Kepler, as you've already mentioned, uh, we now know that maybe one in five stars, one in six, maybe it's one in ten, but, you know, hardly makes any difference. Let's say it's one in six stars has a planet that is in that Goldilocks yeah. zone, right? And that means there are a lot of planets. Yeah, they're like a trillion in our galaxy. Oh. By the way, we can see two trillion other galaxies if our galaxy isn't up to your standards. So, yeah, there are a lot of them out there. And, you know, most of them are bad. But if I buy a trillion lottery tickets, I have the feeling that one of them will be a winner at least. Yeah, absolutely. That's what's so exciting about that. And if life started... Uh, You know, aside from some of the incredible theories we've had on the show about life on this planet, but a four and a half billion year planet, when did life, intelligent life, in your opinion, really start? Well, I tend to be sort of anthropocentric, being a homo sapiens. (laughs) I'm not sure about the sapiens part, actually, but being a homo sapiens, you know, I I tend to think that, well, intelligence, uh, they're, they're, they're something like us. You know, people who study dolphins prefer dolphin intelligence, I think, in many cases. So, but if you just say, okay, they've got to be able to build a milling machine or invent a computer or, from the standpoint of SETI, build a radio transmitter or maybe a big laser so that they can signal us, then, you know, that species arose about 300,000 years ago, which, again, you know, that's what, that, that's one, one millionth or something. No, it isn't quite that. But it's a very tiny fraction of the age of the Earth. In other words, the Klingons could have a SETI experiment that's been going for four billion years, and, you know, they wouldn't have picked up anything. They would have struck us Exactly, exactly. So, so we're four and a half billion years old, 300,000 years ago, technically, uh, intelligent life started popping up. So what about a civilization or a star system, a cluster, that is 9 billion years old. I mean, the universe is 14 billion years old. So those star clusters that started earlier than we did, they had a jump start of billions and billions of years. They've got to have had civilizations that cropped up and that they're way advanced if they're still alive. Yeah, well, I think that that's a good argument, actually. 
what, you, what you're saying is that, you know, the majority of stars are older than the sun, and on average by many billions of years. I mean, these little runty red dwarfs that we're aiming our antennas at, the Allen Telescope Array, I mean, those guys, they, they don't die for 100 billion years. Well, the Big Bang was only 13 billion years ago, so, you know, those little guys aren't even into, in, in Red Dwarf High School yet, right? <laughs> They're just getting underway. Every one of them that was born is still around, and if there's life that's, you know, popped up on a planet around one of those guys, you're right. It could be billions of years more advanced than we are. Now, that doesn't mean they're still around. I mean, species last for, you know, varying lengths right. of time. Typically on Earth, they live, you know, literally about a million years, and then something happens to them. But if they can figure out how to avoid their own extinction, yeah, there could be some pretty ancient, accomplished aliens out there. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.